Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And interesting, uh, late last week, a report in ProPublica uh, announced uh, the 25 wealthiest Americans don't pay income taxes, uh, which of course just set the Twitterverse aflame uh, with all kinds of uh, cries for fairness and justice and all of those things. Uh, but as is usually the case, we need to think again, think a little deeper, go beyond the headline. And here to help us do that today is John Steele Gordon. Uh, John is a longtime business writer, contributor to Commentary Magazine blog, author of An Empire of Wealth. And uh, John, uh, we're looking at this just a little askew, I'm guessing. Yes. I mean, for one thing, Well, the first thing to ask is, how did they get hold of those tax returns? Did somebody in the IRS commit a felony by giving it to them, leaking it? Or is there some security breach which puts us all at risk of our private information being out there? Oh. I mean, that's a question somebody should be trying to answer. (laughs) Someone should ask that somewhere for sure, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So so what ProPublica did was it didn't show how much income tax these people paid, it compared the tax they paid or the, the, <clears throat> with the, how much wealth was created in those five years, um, which is a very different thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's come close to being a wealth tax, which people like Elizabeth Warren love, um, but which is everywhere it's been tried, it's been abandoned because it simply doesn't work because of all the unintended consequences of it. Yeah. Like people simply decamping to another country. Right. And so let's look at that for just a second. Let's let's talk about that breakdown because there there is always the easy the easy outcry of, you know, the, the rich aren't paying their fair share in taxes. Uh but just walk us through a little bit in terms of just really clear difference between uh, that tax uh, in terms of income and then in terms of wealth and why those need to be treated as such different things? Well, income is what you earn um, by working or by investing. Um, wealth creation, I mean, if, you know, you, you, you bought a stock at, say, $100 a share 10 years ago, and now it's at $25 a share. Well, you have a capital gain. In that, but it's, you only get taxed on that when you realize it, when you sell the asset. Right. Because after all, the stock was twenty-five dollars a, a share. Now, next year, it might be seventeen. Correct. Yeah. Um, that- and so that's why they don't tax capital gains until they are um, until they are realized. And also, of course, capital gains are not indexed for inflation. 
Yeah, so if you bought a house in 1960 and sell it today, it's going to, you're going to get much higher price. But, of course, $1960 are worth a lot more than they are today. That's right. What are the examples that you used uh, to, to kind of reframe things? Uh, you talked about uh, Berkshire Hathaway and, of course, uh, Warren Buffett is obviously the target of a lot of these conversations as someone who has a lot of money, who invests a lot of money. Uh, and you really broke it down in terms of the tax that they actually paid in corporate income tax uh, versus what Warren Buffett did. Right. I mean, Warren Buffett owns one third of Berkshire Hathaway. And a couple of years ago, Berkshire Hathaway paid six billion dollars in corporate income tax. So two billion of that was Warren Buffett. Right. Right. I mean, so this, this idea that he didn't pay his fair share is, is ludicrous. Right. And so let's talk about the consequences now, because, again, uh, it's always easy to, uh, you know, to, to shout and incite the, the socialist push or the, you know, uh, the individual things there. But in terms of impact on the economy and on everybody else, uh, what are some of the things that we should be worried about if we do go towards this kind of wealth tax? Well, I don't think we're going to get to a wealth tax. It's, it's, I wrote an article on the prospect of the wealth tax, and I pointed out that it's unconstitutional in three separate ways. Um, I, I find it impossible the Supreme Court would um, go along with it. Um, and so I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, it's basically a political talking point. Yeah. Uh, that- um, but we certainly need to reform the income tax, which is a it's, you know, it's 73,000 pages long. It gets amended hundreds of times a year, and almost all of those amendments favor one or a few people. <laughs> exactly. The, the the lawyers and lobbyists cl- uh, crowd uh, always seem to do well whenever we're talking about tax reform, and uh, I think it's no coincidence that uh, six out of the ten wealthiest counties in America are, are suburbs of Washington, D.C., but are not uh, – Doing much more than a lot of power, money, and influence uh, peddling seems to be the uh, the cachet of the of the town there. Indeed. <laughs> All right, uh, John Steele Gordon, uh, great insight as always, uh, and again, just important for us to keep these things framed properly in terms of income tax, wealth tax, uh, what all that means. John, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. All right, again, that's uh, John Steele Gordon uh, talking about again. It's it's easy to uh, incite. Uh, kind of the populist riot. Uh, it's much harder to actually do the the governing and getting down to the nitty gritty of what does this actually say? What does this actually do? Uh, and as John rightly pointed out, I don't think we're going to end up at a wealth tax uh, for a number of reasons. He cited uh, three different ways that it would probably be uh, deemed unconstitutional uh, at the Supreme Court level, uh, which is a good thing for all of us to to keep in mind there. But it is a political talking point for sure. It again, it's always easy. Uh, to incite the populist uh, anger against the wealthy, uh, against those that are that are earning a lot, uh, and make sure they're doing their fair share. But he pointed out this example of, of Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett, and the fact that you know there is tax being paid there, uh, and so there we just have to be very careful. I think in jumping quickly to uh, attacking the wealthy and the rich and big business. Uh, easy targets to be sure, but remember, there's uh, there's a lot of interconnectedness to the economy, to jobs, to opportunity, to employment, uh, and to oh, so many other things in our community, including 
uh, a lot of the charitable donations that take place that allow a lot of good things to happen and a lot of uh, things to to get done. So we'll continue to keep our eye on that one for sure. Uh, great insight uh, from uh, John Steele. Gordon, appreciate that. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour break. Uh, when we come back, uh, much more on KSL News Radio inside sources, including our continued coverage of the announcement between the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the NAACP, and the United Negro College Fund. Stay with us for more. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.